0: This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air, Linda Cohen joining you. According to new data from the Centers for Disease Control, one in five children and adolescents in the United States had at least one abnormal cholesterol measure. And a greater proportion of adolescents ages 16 to 19 had high cholesterol levels compared with children ages 6 to 19. Well, here to help us understand what all this means to our children's health is Dr. Travis Hobart. He's assistant professor in the Departments of Pediatrics, as well as Public Health and Preventive Medicine at Upstate Medical University. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming in, Dr. Hobart. It's my pleasure. So recent data suggests that, one, that almost a quarter of kids in this country have high cholesterol and not the good kind of, of cholesterol. So tell us about that. Right,
1: and this is a, a growing concern um, among children. Obviously, people have talked about high cholesterol levels among adults for a long time, and now we're starting to see that this is becoming a problem amongst children as well. I think the, the big problem is that as children get older, they go through puberty, and their cholesterol profile changes. And that's why I think when you mentioned that it's more common in teenage Children, uh, it's because their cholesterol profile has changed as they've gone through puberty. In addition to that, they've sort of had more time to to become overweight or obese, and that certainly contributes to the So you're as saying
0: well. that, in addition to the fact that, in some cases, kids just may genetically have a tendency toward a higher cholesterol, their weight, or in this case, their overweight slash obesity, may also be contributing to their serum cholesterol levels.
1: Yes, definitely. There are certainly. A lot of cholesterol problems are related to genetics, definitely. Um, there are some factors that we don't know about. There are a, a small number of children who have a familial cholesterol problem where their cholesterol level is very high, and these, these familial diseases lead to early very early heart, heart heart disease and heart attacks down the line
0: so you see that in running in families right
1: and but that's very rare we rarely see that 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 we that we know about um, and the other problem that I think is probably the bigger problem is just uh, related to overweight and obesity um, and that affects affects more children but usually their cholesterol levels aren't as high as if they had a, a, a genetic
0: I, I'm curious as to what the motivation was it the fact that there was a rise in high a, a greater rise in obesity childhood obesity that led people to start to take a look at the cholesterol levels of children because this is a fairly recent phenomenon I, am I correct
1: yes um, I think that it is related to the the change in obesity rates uh, over time and also recognizing that this is such a problem in adults and that it starts in childhood and and there have been some studies in sort of a grotesque manner almost um, where, uh, unfortunately, a child will die because of a car accident or some other reason. Um, and they, people have studied them and done autopsies and found that they have these uh, plaques and buildups of cholesterol and fat on the inside of their blood vessels as early as teenage years. Wow. Um and that leads down the line to, to heart attacks um, and heart and heart and stroke and heart disease and peripheral vascular disease. So
0: the thinking here is, with so many other things, is that early intervention or early discovery, early diagnosis slash intervention, is always preferable. And so, if right. if we already know that these problems occur in adults or young young adults on into their you know their full age span that looking at younger children makes sense yeah. if you can do something about it and we'll get exactly. to that in a minute what what other factors if any seem to play a role you've already alluded to the fact that some people have a genetic predisposition but a small percentage
1: mm-hmm. have
0: that what other um, you know factors what other factors put people more at risk
1: right so interestingly we do see uh, certain uh, racial differences um, as well as um, differences in, in, in sex. So, um, for instance, in terms of, well, first of all, I should say there there's sort of two kinds of cholesterol. There's the, the so-called good cholesterol um, and the so-called bad cholesterol. The good cholesterol tends to help uh, break down these plaques in the, ve- in the vessels that I talked about and bring them back to the liver for processing. And that's why it's good, because it helps get rid of these and plaques.
0: And that kind is often known as what? It's called
1: HDL for right. high-density lipoprotein.
0: And those are... If you have a high number of a high level of that, that's good for you. That
1: is good, yes. Um, and then the bad cholesterol or LDL is low-density lipoprotein. That's the kind that is being is being transported by your your body out to. Out of your liver to the other parts of the body for for use, and there there are reasons that your body uses cholesterol. But the the downside is that it, it builds up on the insides of the
0: blood vessels. So um, it's like the plumbing is starting to get clogged, right? By this LDL, yeah. By this bad this bad cholesterol. cholesterol. And so when you have high levels of that, that's bad.
1: Um, and so so the reason to make that distinction is some of the some of the differences in, in cholesterol levels are, are different depending on who you are, and and I think there's probably still Study needed to be done as to why that is, um, but there are certain uh, differences. For instance, when in terms of the ch- percentage of children who have low good cholesterol, uh, it's more a little more common among boys than it is among girls. So therefore,
0: they they have higher bad cholesterol, not, relatively. Yeah. Not so
1: so not not necessarily well. Yes, I think that that is true because it's when we talk about total, there's a there's total cholesterol, and that's a combination of both high of both um, good and bad cholesterol. Now, you can have good cholesterol that meets the sort of minimum standard, and also have bad cholesterol that's above that above what you'd want, and and vice versa. So you could have
0: any combination. Any, you could
1: have any combination. But the yeah.
0: bottom line is my my question here is though so. In younger children generally, let's just talk about the bad cholesterol because I think it's clearer for people. Mm-hmm. Are we seeing bad cholesterol in in younger children or is it more often that you're seeing these higher levels as children age is what you've alluded to before? Right. It's more so often you see it
1: as, as children age that they get um, sort of high bad cholesterol.
0: Um, and how about are there sex differences? In other words, yes. are, you mentioned boys. So are boys more likely to get the bad cholesterol than girls?
1: So so no, actually boys are, are less likely than girls to get bad cholesterol. So girls tend to, the, at least the data that we have from the CDC, shows that uh, girls are about 9% have high bad cholesterol and boys, uh, more like 7.5%, have high bad cholesterol. But then the, the, the situation is a little bit reversed for low good cholesterol, um, and, and whereas boys have a little bit higher... Rates of having low good cholesterol. It kind of gets difficult to discuss. So bottom line, who's better off? Um, You know, I don't think we can say one way or the other. You know, I think the in general, both are. You know, both you it's important to pay attention to both the good cholesterol and the bad cholesterol. because one over and,
0: one basically intervenes and helps the other right the good cholesterol helps the uh, deflate or defeat the negative effects of the bad cholesterol right
1: and it's it's important to take each patient individually in, in a sense
0: if you're just joining us you're listening to Upstate's <coughs> Health Link on air I'm Linda Cohen along with pediatrician Dr. Travis Hobart we're talking about high cholesterol levels in US kids and what to do about it let's get to what what's come of this so we know that, um, you know, obviously high levels of cholesterol, bad cholesterol, can lead to all kinds of problems. So, what now is, what new guidelines have emerged as a result of it? I know the American Academy of Pediatrics have come through with some very specific guidelines.
1: Yes, they have. And, and in the past, the AAP, American Academy of Pediatrics, had, had recommended screening for cholesterol levels just based on family history. Uh, and if there was a family history of a problem, uh, of a heart attack or high cholesterol then we would be testing especially if the child was overweight or obese. What they're recommending now is actually to do screening on everybody so that every every child between ages of 9 and 11 would get tested for their cholesterol level. Okay? And the the reason is because family history can be somewhat uh somewhat of a limited history if the Parents aren't both there at the time. They may not know. One parent may not know the other's family. So they've
0: broadened the recommendation basically to screen all children. Why did they start at age nine? Why not younger? Just out of curiosity.
1: So, so I think mostly because the problem is is not as big in, in younger children, and and also age nine to eleven is to try to get it before puberty, mm-hmm. because when puberty hits, obviously it's very it's variable. Um, children get it at different ages, and the cholesterol levels change. So if you check one child before puberty hits and check another child after puberty hits the the levels aren't it's gonna be hard to have a, a normal value because
0: so the bottom line is right now the current recommendation is just to restate it is basically screen all children between the ages of nine and eleven
1: yes and okay. then again between eighteen and twenty one
0: and what is the hope there in in terms of you know what is the expectation and the hope so in terms of I think
1: with cholesterol, part of the difficulty is that we tend not to want to put children on medicine that they'd be on for the rest of their life in general, and in cholesterol specifically. And I think um, the idea is that if we get a sense of children's cholesterol early, we can effectively institute dietary changes, exercise, things like that, that would help the, the cholesterol level improve over time um, in the individual child. And also a, a sort of broader Public health goal is that if we're bringing this up at every child for their nine or ten year old visit, it's reiterating the importance of, of healthy eating and, and exercise.
0: So it, it's it's kind of coming to the problem, or um, it's it's a multi it's a multi pronged way in a way, or a, a way of hitting all children, so to speak, as part of their preventive care to look at this factor as being important an important indicator of their overall potential overall health right because it's not there isn't a direct one to one correlation is there between a child having a higher cholesterol at the age of 9 and going on to having heart disease in no, adulthood no there's
1: there's not a one to one correlation but children with higher cholesterol are much more likely to be adult, become adults with high cholesterol if you will so and i think the the numbers that I've seen was if they have a high cholesterol at, at, at a young age, then it's about 75% chance that they'll have bad, bad cholesterol. Uh, I guess we should say a bad cholesterol profile at, a, at an older age.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. So get, let's get back to treatment because obviously treatment is somewhat uh, problematic even in the adult population. There have been a lot of studies that have shown that while statins, which are the, the uh, first line of defense with mm-hmm. high cholesterol – Are very effective in many cases they also come with a lot of side effects and potential problems and some people I know I myself have had issues where I couldn't really even take a whole variety of these different iterations of statins Mm -hmm. so and yet we don't really know anything about how this type of drug would affect a growing child because as your colleagues have told me many times children are not simply small adults so what what happens, I mean, when would you consider, under what circumstances, for example, going beyond the diet and exercise route and talking about treatment?
1: Right, so so typically when we talk about treatment of cholesterol as well as treatment of overweight and obesity in, in pediatrics, we we try to do it in a stage-based uh, model. So we, we go to the first stage of diet and exercise, and then if we need help with the cholesterol level that's not improving after those changes, then we, we tend to refer to a specialist who's a, a, either an endocrinologist or a cardiologist who can really manage the cholesterol with a statin. And and as, as you said, we don't like to use medications for long periods of time in children, and, and we don't know the long-term consequences of the statin use in children in a lot of cases. So,
0: so while it might be effective in lowering the cholesterol, we really don't know yet at this stage of our knowledge what the long-term effects could be of a, st- of a use of a statin in a child. And maybe right. if there show there seems to be more of this kind of problem occurring, that maybe we'll have to develop other methodologies going forward. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in and sharing all this information with us. It's very important, and I think people out there really need to know that now it's important to begin to look at cholesterol levels in kids as well as adults and to sometimes takes. Some measures in that direction. Yeah. Thanks well, so thank much. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Dr. Travis Hobart, Assistant Professor in the Departments of Pediatrics and Public Health and Preventive Medicine at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.